How do you land your dream job? It starts by acing the interview. Learn exactly what hiring managers are looking for with CNBC Make It's new career-boosting online course. Get the limited-time offer. Register now at cnbcmakeit.com slash courses. Hey there, we're live at the NASDAQ market site on this steamy summer Friday. The guys here getting ready behind me while they're doing that. Here's what's coming up on the show. Despite a 100% gain this year, the chartmaster says now might be the time to sell shares of Square. He will break it down. Plus, what do these two men have in common? They're both really good looking. But only one has a way to make money on Tesla earnings. Mike Coe will break it down. And worried about Apple shares? Well, relax. Because Dan Nathan has a way to protect your profits heading into next week's earnings for almost no money. It's time to risk less and make more. The action begins right now. And we start with Apple, the last of the mega cap tech names to report earnings next week. The stock sinking nearly 2% today, getting hit with the rest of the market after touching an all-time high earlier this week. And the fate of the tech rally could hang in the balance of this report. The options market expecting a 4% move in either direction for the stock. That's nearly $40 billion in market cap. Now, after the Facebook crush earlier this week, if you own Apple, how can investors protect their profits? Let's get in the money right now. And Dan's got an eye protection trade for us. Yeah, Dan. well, it's interesting. You know, we, we had to struggle with Facebook down, what, 20% yesterday. It was $120 billion in market cap. But the rest of the market kind of responded. We saw market go, uh, money go into other areas, and it didn't take down the entire tech market. Today, we saw a little bit of a different story here. And we saw a lot of mega cap tech stocks um, get hit a little bit. So Apple's going to report on Tuesday the last of the mega caps. And it's the biggest of the mega caps, $940 billion. I know a lot of people are expecting that thing to trick, uh, tick $1 trillion. That's about 6% um, from levels um, where we are trading right now. So when you think about earnings on um, Tuesday afternoon, the options market is applying about 4% um, move in either direction. That's how much the stock has actually moved over the last four quarters here. Um, so, you know, I'm not expecting um, an upside move that is greater than that. When you look at the way Microsoft, Google, and um, Amazon responded to better than expected results, they had like, a nice little you know, gap. They all made new highs, that sort of thing. But it was to the tune of like 2-3%. So to me, I think you want to focus on what Facebook did, this idiosyncratic thing that could happen. I just want to make one other point. Two times this year, Apple has had some considerable peak-to-trough sell-offs from all-time highs. Back in January to the lows in February, a 16% drawdown. And then back in um, April, it had a 12% drawdown. That chart to me is really interesting. I know Charter um, had flagged that $180 breakout level a few weeks ago as a potential level to come back to. And now we know that there's some technical resistance just above those prior highs. So to me, you know, we're talking about protection. You want to use options tactically around long stock positions. And one way to do that is a collar. And you would do a collar by selling an out-of-the-money call uh, and using the proceeds to buy an out-of-the-money put against a long stock position if you're more worried about a dramatic move to the downside than you are to a dramatic move to the upside. And so here's the trade, quite simply. I would look out to August expiration. You're targeting Tuesday's earnings here. When the stock was trading at 190 today, you could look out to the August 200 call and sell one of those versus 100 shares of stock at $1.40. You could use that $1.40 in premium and buy one of the August 180 puts for $140. That costs you nothing. This is how this trade works out 
um, after this earnings event. You would have gains from a stock of 190 up to $200. That would be where your gains are capped. And if you kept it through August expiration, if the stock is above 200, your stock can get called away. But you could buy back that call and you keep that long stock position in, in place. Then you would have losses down to $180. That is that key um, technical support level, but you'd be protected below this. So this is a tactical option strategy to use in a long position when you want to keep that position intact. Mike, what do you think of the trade? I like this trade, and I think this is the thing that people ought to be thinking about when you see trades like this, collars. Really, the question going into earnings is, if you expect a modest move, if the earnings results are good, you're still going to get to participate in that. But if there's going to be a very sharp move, is that move more likely to be to the downside or the upside? I think we had our answer this week that any kind of disappointment could be severely punished in the marketplace, and that's essentially what this is protecting against. You basically are going to continue to own the stock. If it has a modest upside move, you get to keep that. But if you get a big move to the downside, that's where you're getting your insurance. So I like this strategy. All of the fragility in the market, if you think about it, is in this particular uh, type of stock, meaning super cap growth name that is unto itself. So we know that there's been trouble in industrials and in financials. We know that global equities have struggled. But what we've seen here now after earnings is that if you were good, Microsoft, Google, uh, et cetera, you only went up a little bit. But if you were bad, you got murdered, right? That's Facebook, that's frankly Netflix, uh, that's Red Hat, which kicked it off. That's asymmetry, which is to say, if that pattern were to persist, you have a situation where Apple, if it's good, okay, it doesn't deliver much. But, but, if it's bad, you get the outsized move to the downside. That is the risk here. Carter, is it also saying something? We're talking about these stocks, those three, Google, Amazon, and Microsoft, they're $800 billion market cap stocks right now, okay? Now, obviously, Apple is at 940. So is it just harder to push them up? Who is the incremental buyer? But then when everyone heads to the door at the same time, we get what we had with Facebook yesterday. Well, I mean, the, the whole thing about a trillion dollars is, is sort of uh, ephemeral. There's no real thing. But what we do know is this, that in terms of just sheer capital that's clustered at the top, it's been this way for about 18 months now. But the top five stocks in the S&P are worth more than the bottom 270. And we're starting to see cracks in the top. Think of Intel today. Very bad. So it's, right. it's spilling over into tech and uh, growth, and that is that is where money is hiding. Um, that's the rest of the market. Let's let's say Apple goes to 200. Yeah. What do you do with that call? So it's a really interesting thing. So if you're basically, you could get called away. Okay, if the stock is at 200 or higher, you're long 100 shares, you're short one of those calls, your stock would be matched up against that short call. Um, but again, this is a strategy that you want to do tactically. You don't want to do it too frequently. You're not paying anything for this one, but you would only do this if you're more worried, what Carter just described, as this kind of um, asymmetric risk to the downside versus the upside. All right. Now to another big earnings report next week, and that is Tesla. Shares of the automaker falling 3% today as famed short seller uh, Steve Eisman revealed that he was short shares of the electric automaker. You might remember him from the big short. This news comes as Tesla gears up to report earnings. Our Phil Lebeau is here now with more on that story. Hi, Phil. Melissa, the Tesla earnings report next week will get plenty of attention. And really, there's one primary question on the mind of investors. What will Tesla say about potentially raising capital? Now, in terms of the earnings themselves for the second quarter, Tesla is expected to report a loss of $2.81 on revenue of just under $4 billion. By the way, the implied move in the options market is 7.5% 
either way. Three things will get plenty of attention on the conference call. What do they say about raising capital? We know that Elon Musk has said the company doesn't need to do it, but keep in mind they had cash burn and liquidity concerns heading into the second quarter, and they did a lot of investing into the production expansion for the Model 3. And speaking of the Model 3, where do things stand in terms of both production as well as reservations? There are plenty of skeptics out there when it comes to Tesla, and there's one who is talking about that and his skepticism in the last couple of days. It is noted short seller Steve Eisman. He is out shorting Tesla shares, and he basically says that he believes this is a company that has execution problems. The stock has been hovering around $300 a share. It took a hit earlier in the week over concerns about whether or not it was pressuring suppliers because it's running low on cash. As always, the conference call after the earnings on Wednesday afternoon, that will be the main event, so to speak, when Elon Musk takes, answer, takes questions from analysts. As always, you never know exactly what Elon is going to say. We will be on that call, and we'll have it for you next Wednesday afternoon. Melissa? All right, Phil, thank you. Phil LeBeau in Chicago. Remember last earnings uh, conference call, Elon Musk, boring, boneheaded questions you refused to answer. That's going to be good. All right, so how do you play Tesla into earnings? Uh, Chartmaster, why don't you head on over to the sure. plasma? Break it down. Uh, let's see what we can figure out. Um, lots of opportunity, lots of risk. That's what the fun ones are. Um, here is a year-to-date chart. It's all over the place, right? It has no character. Some people think it's good, some bad. It's, it's basically chopping everyone up range-bound. But let's put in some lines and see what we can see. So the first thing that I would, uh, would point out, if we were to move forward here, sorry, I've, I've hit the wrong button. There we go. Perfect. Now, beautiful trend line, right? Now, what we know is that we have found this trend line three times. But what I want to focus in on is this right here. What we've done now is we've broken trend. You can see that. We are now, for the first time, uh, below the trend line. That is the problem, and I think that's the setup for what's going to be a pretty good break to the downside. So moving forward. The next chart, longer term, no lines. Let's put the lines in. Here we go. So there's that same line, right, and there's that break. So if we were to zoom in, again, I want to just focus on the fact that for the first time, we've cracked below that um, minor trend line. Let's put in another line. Here's the top. And what you have is a lot of tension, and this is the key. If you do break above a downtrend line, in principle, that's bullish, which is what this is, right? We got above the line, but we failed. So the problem is, by drawing people in and then now undercutting the line, right, which is what we've done now, the real risk is, is that ultimately we're going to now crack in a big kind of way. This is not a good setup. Um, I think if one is long Tesla, take measures, uh, however one wants to do that. And if one is a short seller, this is a good candidate. All right. Well, Mike, how are you trading Tesla? Yeah, so this is an interesting one. I mean, selling Tesla short has obviously been a very challenging thing to do. And right now, options premiums are about as elevated as they've been in two years. We're almost three standard deviations above the mean level of implied volatility. That's the price of options. So I think the thing to do is to try to look for opportunities to collect some premium from selling those elevated options, also bearing in mind that a very high short interest in this stock, about 27% of the float, could create some support if the stock does fall after earnings. So what I'm doing is looking out to September, the 310, 340 call spread, I could sell that for $10.40, collecting $20.40 to sell the 310 calls, and then buying the 340, spending 10 bucks. 
That's how I collect my net credit of $10.40. And the idea is that if it stays essentially below $320, I'm going to get to collect that premium. And having that upside call essentially offers me some insurance if, by some big surprise, the stock somehow manages to regain its prior highs, which I don't expect, because I don't really think that the earnings call is necessarily going to answer all of the questions that people have. Take a look at the bond prices also in Tesla over the course of the last year. Exceptionally weak. They're junk at this point, having fallen about 10%. So clearly the credit markets are not overly enthusiastic for Tesla, and I think the equity market may follow in the same direction. It's interesting that Mike mentions the credit. Um, I don't know if you guys have been paying attention, but CDS, credit default swaps, have recently been um, listed on Tesla. And at one point this week, now in very thin trading, it was implying about a 40% chance that this company would default on a debt payment over the next six years. And I think that kind of spooked um, investors a little bit. But here's one thing. This is a kind of interesting setup. You know, Carter made a very compelling case why that failed breakout to the upside. And now the breakout above that uptrend is set up for a big gap lower. And then when you consider what Mike's uh, trade is doing, I mean, Mike's trade is taking advantage of those elevated options prices, but it's not playing for a massive gap. He's playing for a high probability of a small win and a decent probability of an okay win, but he's not playing for the lights out trade. And so there's a lot of different ways you can kind of skin this gap. I, I like Mike's trade, but if you're as convicted as Carter is, you may want to consider a long premium strategy. I mean, we know this has been a range bound security. People yeah. have tried to play it and it's not been successful, frankly, as a long or short. But there's something insidious about drawing money in, right, and that's what that breakout above the line is, and that that money then right away starts to see losses. It becomes an accelerant. The very thing that took it up actually has to unwind, and it cutting below the trend line then sets you up for something. Is the next worse. stop a pre the previous low of, what, 240-ish or so? It has that look to it. Mike, last word. Yeah, I mean, I would just quickly point out, this week has clearly indicated that once high-flying stocks actually may be more vulnerable than we think. And so to Dan's point, there would be some opportunity theoretically to play that downside bet for a bigger move by buying puts. But personally, I find them to be a bit too expensive here. And so that's the reason that I'm looking to collect some premium with a credit spread. All right. Thanks for that, Mike. Got a question out there. Send us a tweet to add Options Action for everything Options Action. Check out our website, optionsaction.cnbc.com. While you're there, you can check out our super cool newsletter. It is what I will be reading on my vacation. Here's what's coming up next. Despite a 100% gain this year, now might be the time to sell shares of Square. Plus, calling all Options Action fans. Reach into your pocket, grab your phone, and tweet us your question at Options Action. If it's nice, we'll answer it on air when Options Action returns. Welcome back to Options Action. It has indeed been a bad day for Jack Dorsey as Twitter saw its worst day in two years, took Square down along with it. Let's get to Dom Chu back at headquarters for the details. Hey, Dom. How do you land your dream job? It starts by acing the interview. Learn exactly what hiring managers are looking for with CNBC Make It's new career-boosting online course. Get the limited-time offer. Register now at cnbcmakeit.com slash courses. Well, the market giveth and the market taketh away for everyone, Melissa. But if you are Jack Dorsey, the taketh part may hurt a little more today. Shares of Twitter had a Facebook-like day falling sharply after the social media platform disappointed investors with its user counts and forecast. And from the end of last year through the highs we saw in mid-June, 
Shares had pretty much doubled in value for Twitter. Not bad for Dorsey, who is the CEO and a co-founder of the company. But from those highs, mid-June through today, the stock has lost around a quarter of its value. That hurts. But that may be made up for a bit by Square stock, which has had a tough couple of days as tech-related stocks sold off. But the payments processing company that Dorsey is also chief executive of and founder of still managed to hit a record high in trading today before joining the rest of the market in negative territory. On a year-to-date basis, it's still a double. The shares started off the year at around 34 bucks and change. And even with to the two-day losses that we've seen, it's still a massive gain. So they're both doing pretty okay. But in a strange twist, Square is doing so well that it's now worth around $28 billion compared to Twitter's $26 billion market cap. Yes, Square is now worth more than Twitter. Twitter earnings, of course, in the books and a big catalyst. On deck, though, earnings for Square Wednesday after the closing bell and options traders already pricing in expectations for a 7.5% move up or down in that stock tied to the report. But, Melissa, fair to say that one is still maintaining solid upside momentum, but one of them has left chart watchers wondering if there's more downside ahead. Back over to you. All right. Thanks a lot, Dom. Dom Chu and our own chart master here actually says that Square's amazing run this year may come to an end. Carter. Well, so let's just talk about the definition of an uptrend. I mean, uh, this is what you'd say is godlike. Yes, it's literally up and to the right, north by northeast, ever higher, never too hot, never too cold. Um, in fact, if you were to put in a line, we can see that right here, right? This is a well-defined trend line and so forth. But what I'm thinking at this point is, is that we know that uptrends will have checkbacks that we will often get back to trend and we're kind of due for that right around now so let's just zero in on this more specifically and take a look at these these are the drawdowns that the stock has had so if I were to put my zoom on here we know that the stock dropped 15 percent yes it dropped 12 it dropped 8 it dropped 8 again it dropped 8 10 29 and so I would just point out that it's perfectly normal to have a give back. Let's put our line back in. And what, we're, what I'm thinking basically is that the stock closed at 69.85. Just to come back to trend, which it's done about 10 times, um, 62 plus minus is where the trend line comes into play. That's about 11% off. Uh, it wouldn't mean a thing. It doesn't change the great stock. It doesn't change the angle. And I think that's what's coming. All right. Thanks, Carter. Mike, what is your trade on Square? The uh, September 65.55 put spread, you would spend $3.20 to buy those 65s and then sell the 55s for 80 cents. That's a net debit of $2.40. That's less than a quarter of the distance between the strikes in this case. And this is a way also to mitigate the fact that options are slightly elevated right now. So I think this is the way you can place a short bet without taking any material risk to the upside. All right, we've got to take a quick break here. Much more options action right after this. How do you land your dream job? It starts by acing the interview. Go to cnbcmakeit.com slash courses to register now and learn exactly what hiring managers are looking for with CNBC Make It's new career-boosting online course where experts share their secrets for a dynamic resume, coming across with confidence, what to wear, and more. For a limited time, save 50% with our introductory offer. Register now at cnbcmakeit.com slash courses. Welcome back to Options Action. We've got breaking news. Uh, the New Yorker article on Les Moonves is out. Julia Borson's in L.A. with some of the details. Julia. 
Melissa, Ronan Farrow's article is just published in The New Yorker. We're still reading through it. It's very long. But to give a look at the headlines at the very top of the article, it wrote, reads like this. Quote, six women who had professional dealings with him, Les Moonves, told me that between the 1980s and the late aughts, Moonves sexually harassed them for described forcible touching or kissing during business meetings in what they said appeared to be a practice routine. Two told me that Moonves physically intimidated them or threatened to derail their careers. All said that he became cold or hostile after they rejected his advances and that they believed their careers suffered as a result. The article goes on to say, quote, 30 current a current and former employees of CBS told me that such behavior extended from Moonves to important parts of the corporation, including CBS News and 60 Minutes, one of the network's most esteemed programs. Now, in a statement quoted in the article, Les Moonves says, quote, throughout my time at CBS, we've promoted a culture of respect and opportunity for all employees and have consistently found success elevating women to top executive positions across our company. I recognize there were times decades ago when I may have made some women uncomfortable by making advances. Those were mistakes and I regret them immensely, but I always understood and respected and abided by the principles that no means no and have never misused my position to harm or hinder anyone's career. This is a time when we all are appropriately focused on how we help improve our society and we at CBS are committed to being part of the solution. According to CBS, there have been no misconduct claims and no settlements against Moonves in his 24 years at the network. Earlier today, the board said it would investigate these allegations. CBS share is now trading flat after dipping 6% during the day-to-day. -day. Melissa? Julia, just skimming through the article as well, because as you mentioned, it's very long, but I mean, some, the allegation here, I think, there, is that there's a broader culture of sexual harassment, sexual misconduct at CBS that not only was perpetrated allegedly by Les Moonves, but it was permitted by Les Moonves to sort of penetrate through the entire uh, company. Yeah, I mean, Melissa, I'm still reading through this here, um, but what it really lays out, especially in the first couple of pages that I have read, is sort of a contrast between Moonves's recent actions. He helped found the Commission on Eliminating Sexual Harassment and Advancing Equality in the Workplace, which is chaired by Anita Hill, between that and then this culture at CBS, um, Ronan Fair describing sort of a culture of intimidation of women who, um, who spoke out or who resisted his advances. Um, so just going through it here, obviously, uh, this is... This is a time when there's been a lot on Me Too and Time's Up. Um, and it says here in the article that the women came forward before the lawsuit between CBS um, and National Amusements. And so their allegations are not politically motivated when it comes to the politics of that. Um, but, but certainly pretty powerful timing here. All right. Julia, thank you. Julia Borson, the latest on CBS. We saw there in the after-hour session down just about 1% on thin volume. Coming up, your tweets in the final call. Time now for the final call. Last word from the options pits. Mike. Sell call spreads into Tesla earnings. Carter. Tesla and Square. Caution ahead. Dan. Yeah, I agree with that Square, and I think Apple sets up good for a hedge at collar. All right, our time has expired. I'm off for two weeks. Have fun. Mad Money starts right now. How do you land your dream job? It starts by acing the interview. Learn exactly what hiring managers are looking for with CNBC Make It's new career-boosting online course. Get the limited-time offer. Register now at cnbcmakeit.com slash courses.